Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Historic Pinstripes where we discuss the history of the New York Yankees. Again, my name is Brian and I have been a diehard Yankees fan since I was about 7 years old. The goal of the Historic Pinstripes is, as always, to preserve the rich history and tradition of the New York Yankees by discussing the greatest Yankees players and moments in Yankees history. So today's topic is on Lou Gehrig's Ironman streak of 2,130 straight games. Um, so Lou Gehrig's streak started on June 1, 1925. He pitch hit for Pee Wee Weninger, who was a shortstop, actually. Um, and he ended up going in to play first base the next inning for uh, Wally Pipp. So eventually he ended up earning the name the Iron Horse, and uh, he actually won two Most Valuable Player awards and won Triple Crown um, uh, while during the streak. But one thing about Lou Gehrig is that during in the middle of the streak, um, I think it was well, 1,808 straight games. He always said that whenever the streak was going to end, it was going to end on his own terms because he didn't want to keep the streak alive just to keep it alive. He wanted to help the Yankees win. And if he he like if he had to pull himself out of the lineup because he felt like somebody else should play because he wasn't playing well, he would do it. And, of course, that's what ended up happening in 1939. Of course, it was um, for reasons that he had... I mean, he he wasn't, obviously in 1939, he wasn't playing well, but he didn't know that he had ALS um, until I think it was a couple months after that. And of course, that was, at the time, they didn't really know much about that. Um, anyways, however, uh, moving on. Uh, so, um, Lou Gehrig's streak, he, had, uh, he ended up breaking Everett Scott's streak, which was 1,307 straight games. So, Everett Scott's streak started around 1916 to around 1925, or so and then uh, the guy that broke Lou Gehrig's record, of course, was Carrickin Jr. Um, September of 1995. It actually took 56 years for somebody to break Lou Gehrig's record. And actually, Carrickin Jr. To his credit, he went on to play 500 more consecutive games, um, and of course, 2,632 straight games. Um, he played, as far as innings, he played over 8,000 straight innings, 8,264 straight innings. Um, uh, actually, in and another note about that too, um, the only two guys since then to play um, like even remotely close, I guess, was Travis Fryman, who was a third baseman for the Tigers and the Indians, and I think a few other teams. Um, he played 2,480 straight innings, uh, and so I mean it's not even really half of what Cal Ripken played. And Richie Sexton, who was a first baseman for the Brewers, uh, the Mariners, and I think a few other teams too, I believe. Um, but he played uh, 1,684 straight innings. And those two, they only did that for, it was like two years, one year. But Kalkin was over 8,000 straight innings. That that was his, uh, of course, the 2,632 consecutive game streak that he had. Um, however, I did not, I tried to look to see how many straight innings Gehrig played, but I, I could not find that information. However, I just found that to be interesting. I thought that would be interesting People might want to know. Lou Gehrig's streak, like I said, it ended May 2nd of 1939. He actually pulled himself out. Like I said, he he was a team player through and through. And very much in the same way that Carrickin Jr. was, um, uh, Lou Gehrig was that same type of player. Um, that, Lou Gehrig, in a lot of ways, kind of, like Derek Jeter kind of reminds me of a Lou Gehrig kind of a, a player. Like he was just very much a team first attitude type of player. Uh, Carrickin Jr. kind of had that same approach. Um, and, and he even, I believe they said he even had that same attitude 
when he was going through the streak. He didn't want to. He didn't. He didn't want the streak to be bigger than the team. He wanted the the. It was the team first, and uh, and whatever else was just extra, which is exactly how you want it, you, um, all your players really to to be. Because it's not about the one player; it's always about the team. Um, and I think, in a way, that kind of made Lou Gehrig um, just. And that really was a big part of his legend, and it's probably why so many players look up to Lou Gehrig. And of course, I think another reason why is because back in the '30s, you know, like I was saying before, there was not a whole lot. Of, like obviously, you know, um, the the world was coming along with in the medical world too then, but we still haven't we've come a long way since the 1930s and 1920s. Um, so for Lou Gehrig to play through so many injuries and actually some of the, the some of the injuries that he played through, um, he had a chronic sore back I guess pretty much throughout his entire career. They said uh, he had a bone bone chips in his left uh, elbow and he was a he threw with his left hand so. I mean that obviously had to be really bad, and I, I guess there was a this um, there was an article actually from the Baltimore Sun back in 1995 uh, from a former teammate of Lou Gehrig, Bill Werber, who I believe has passed away since, um, because like I said, it was in 1995. However, he had said that Lou Gehrig a lot of times he had to improvise um, because of a lot of these injuries, like the bone chips in his left elbow, which of course was his throwing his throwing arm. He also had a broken toe. I believe that was in 1934. He had a bone chip in his uh, in his big toe, so he had to kind of like improvise with that too. And that was the year he won the triple crown. He did not win the most valuable player, ironically enough, that year. Um, but of course, back then it actually was a most valuable player award, but it wasn't like the best player overall. Um, however, you'd think that if somebody wins a triple crown, they would win the MVP. But again, that that was just a different day and age. Um, uh, moving on, he also had a fractured little finger on his right hand four times in, during the streak. He he was hit in the head three times. I guess there was one time that he was actually hit in the head by someone. Um, and he actually was, I think it was this was toward the end of his career, around 1933, maybe. Um, however, uh, he was hit in the head. He ended up having a concussion. He was lying lying in the batter's box for like five minutes. And, uh, so, I mean, I, I'm sure, obviously, that was a big deal because, you know, Lou Gehrig is this big star. And um, he ended up going to the hospital, and they he just ended up having um, having a concussion. Uh, they they I guess they had feared that you know he had had a, a fracture in his skull, but he didn't. Um, so thankfully, um, so anyways, um, that that was something else that he had played through. Um, so I think this just just gives a lot of insight into what Lou Gehrig had to go through during his streak. And another injury he had to play through was a broken middle finger on his glove hand. Um, which obviously if you ever, um, you know, if you've ever played catch, I mean, you kind of need that finger to close the mitt. So, which I'm sure had to be very uh, kind of painful, or, or at least he had to, I'm sure he had to hold the glove a little bit different anyways to kind of help him to manipulate the glove and, and do what he needed to do to help the Yankees win, especially him being a first baseman. Um, also, he was badly spiked in uh, 1933. I think he might have been bad. I'm sure he was badly spiked a few times just him playing first base as well. Uh, but I guess in 1933 specifically, he was badly spiked on the play at first base. Those are just some of the injuries he had played through. Another one, too, he had a severely torn muscle in his right leg as well. Um, and he also had a fractured little finger on his right hand four times um, during that streak as well. So Lou Gehrig, he, he had to overcome a lot of injuries and a lot of times it really didn't he he just had to find a way to to play through it 
And a lot, he was just so good and so talented that he really, he just, he could. And there was really nobody else that was better than Lou Gehrig. Lou Gehrig, Lou Gehrig was, a, you know, he's probably the be- one of the best players of, in all, of all time. Um, and actually, the fact that he had ALS, I mean, I, I guess because of all these injuries, I wonder if, I have no idea, but I wonder if that's why, like, um, like the fact that the injuries happened. So he had so many injuries and was playing through so much. And he had a lot of pride too, Lou Gehrig. He didn't want to come out of the game, especially if he felt like he still had a lot to give and he could find a way into the lineup. And Lou Gehrig, I believe he was uh, born in Germany, I believe. Um, so so he he knew the value of hard work and he wanted to go. Uh, and he just he loved the game of baseball, obviously, so he wanted to be on the field. So anyways, I just wanted to talk a little bit about the 2,130 straight games that Lou Gehrig played, his Iron Man streak, and that's pretty much that's the reason why he was called the Iron Horse. Of course, obviously, he was called the Iron Horse because of him being such a great hitter as well um, and, you know, just a great team player. And I don't think I've ever, from what I've, ever, from what I've read and everything, I don't think I've ever heard a bad thing about Lou Gehrig um, and and he actually liked playing kind of under the radar of uh, under the spotlight of Babe Ruth. That, that, I'm sure that kind of helped him a little bit too. Um, I'm sure it must have been a little bit frustrating at times because um, him take, taking the spotlight away. But I'm sure uh, Garrett kind of. I mean, he was all right being under the under the radar. So in my opinion, Lou Gehrig's Iron Man streak is like it basically set the bar. It's like the gold standard for any player, really. Um, and Calvin Jr., I mean, I'm not trying to take anything away from his streak. His streak was, um, you, you know, obviously he played even more games in a row. However, when Calvin Jr., when he accomplished his um, Ironman streak, it came at a time when, you know, medicine came a lot further. So anyways, that's it for this week's episode. I just feel like Lou Gehrig's Ironman streak was, um, I don't know, it's just kind of the streak that it really set the bar. I mean, in my opinion, I think that there's probably going to be nobody that really, really breaks Lou Gehrig's streak, or of course, Calvin's streak too. Uh, so, I mean, especially nowadays with how how much players get injured and and just um, you know, even the front office, they, it's like like starting pitchers with the pitch counts, and and I, I don't think you're ever going to see anybody even come close to even Gehrig's um, you know streak. And um, and, and I'm not trying to downplay like like the players today. You know, they're they're very good athletes. But it's just a dis- different day and age. It's just a different time. I just wanted to mention that the Historic Pinstripes is a proud member of the 4041 Media family with other podcasts such as Psych Your Crime, Free Your Geek, Movie Theater Time Machine, Honest Fitness Talk with your trainer Nick, and a bunch of other podcasts, YouTubers, and streamers. Um, you can feel free to check out 4041 Media at www.4041media.com. Again, thank you all for listening. And as always, go Yankees! Yankees!